Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. So Memorial Day, I want to talk today, if you got notes, take your notes, about being a living memorial. A living memorial, okay? Now we know this is Memorial Day, we're celebrating the deaths, the sacrifices of millions of people who have laid their lives down and, and gone to wars and served in the military so we can have our freedom today. I, I, I was almost going to do a message on freedom isn't free, like the video, uh, but the Holy Spirit changed my mind and I went this direction because I think this is something that's really going to bless you and challenge you this morning. How many like to be challenged by God's word? Amen. If you don't like to be challenged, then you're, you're not maturing in the Lord. But if you're maturing in the Lord and you're being, becoming a disciple, a disciple wants to be challenged. A disciple wants to be pushed and, and, and asked to do more. And, and I want to do the most that I can do for God. I can't speak for you, but I want to do the most I can do for God. Amen. And so on this thought, I think about my papal. How many have some people who served in the military that uh, are gone and, and, you, and you appreciate them this morning? Amen. Uh, my papal did not die in service, thank God, or I wouldn't be here, and neither would we. Amen. Thank God my, my papal did not die, but he served in World War II. He went to Okinawa, Japan, and he served there for several years, and I watched my, my papal, that's my dad's father, the, the way he lived his life. I, I watched him the way he lived for Jesus. I watched him the way he never sat me down on a bed or a couch and said, listen, I want you to pay attention to me. And when I'm gone in a bunch of years, I want you to talk about me and I want you to talk about how patriotic I was. He didn't do that to me. He lived his life in such a way. And I watched him live his life as a patriotic man who would cry when the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem was played. He always put his hand on his heart. He loved days like this because it meant something to him. Because when he went to Japan, he didn't know he was coming back or not. And, and millions of men and women have not come back. They died. Today in the Arlington Cemetery in Washington, D.C., there are hills of miles of tombstones of people who gave their lives so we could have the freedom today that is so abused. Can I get an amen? Not really appreciated today in the day that we live in, in the culture that we live in, in the country that we live in. But those people still gave their lives, even though today we would have so many problems with lawlessness and people not appreciating our country. And so I watched my papa live this kind of a life, and I thought to myself, that's the kind of life that I want to live. I want to live a life where people look at me, and I want to be a living memorial for Jesus. I want to be something that when they look at my life, they say, I want to be more like Jesus because I see Jesus in that person. So today, as though we're celebrating our country, we're celebrating the fallen soldiers, more than anything, we're celebrating the true King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who did the ultimate sacrifice by dying on the cross for our sins so that we could be saved and forgiven and have eternal life. How many can thank Jesus this morning for the ultimate sacrifice? Amen? The ultimate sacrifice. Now, as we're in our country today, and again, it's, it's, it doesn't take a lot of common sense or being smart to realize how decayed our country is. And I'm going to get into that some more in a couple weeks in the, on June 12th. I want you to be, be, be here on June 12th. Don't miss it. I'm going to preach a very, very important message the Lord's put on my heart. Kind of almost like a state of the union of our country right now, spiritually. But I want to give you a free nugget this morning that might help you understand. I, I, I learned this from a missionary friend, and it was like a revelation to me. Have you ever wondered why the United States of America is so blessed? Has anybody ever wondered that? Why, why are we a country that, and I'm, I'm talking more about in our glory days, because we're not in our glory days right now. We're not, we're not, our country is not the picture of what it used to be. But I want you to picture, even, even in our worst days, we're still the best country in the world, I believe, to live in. Amen? We have a freedom, and we have a, a great country. But I want you to think about why. Why is America it's so blessed? Why are we so favored? Why are we so prospered? Why is our military so strong? Why? And there's, a, there's an answer for that. And there's several. And it's just, this isn't part, part of the message necessarily, but it's, it, this is a nugget that you need to understand why. 
in our nation when it was founded, it was founded, our constitution that today we fight so much over was founded on the principles of God's word. 52 of the 55 men who wrote the constitution were God-fearing, church-going men. And so they said, we're going we're gonna to make a country that is, that is going to, watch, this is important, that is going to be a country under God. We know in our bills it says one nation under God. It doesn't say one nation under a president. It doesn't say one nation under a king. It says one nation under God. And so when they came over from England and, and facing tyranny and, 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 and all the, uh, the, the kings lording over them, they came and said, we're going to make a country that's not going to have a king. We're going to make a country that God is going to be the Lord. Do you realize that that's how our nation was started? This country we live in, it's one of the reasons we're blessed. This goes back to the Old Testament. And, I, and, and, and this is kind of a little lead-in for a couple weeks. I guess the Holy Spirit's wanted me to do this. And welcome to those that are watching online, by the way. Uh, here's a thought. In our country today, the way we see it, we are getting today kind of where what we deserve because we haven't stood up. Because we've made the wrong choices. And I'm, I'm saying this in general, okay? And if you didn't catch Wednesday night's message, I would ask you to please go watch it. I, I, I preached a very serious message on why this shooting happened. And I, and I spoke straight from the word of God, and I want you to go listen to it. You can listen on podcasts, you can listen to it on Facebook, and you can listen to it on YouTube. All of our messages are live streamed, and they're all there to find. You can go back and listen to them, just in case you didn't know that. But when you think about where our country is today, it's always been that way. Back in the Old Testament, the people said, God, we want a king to lord over us. We, we want a king. God was, was wanting to be their king from heaven. He was wanting to, to be their God. And we know that in Revelation, we're going to go back to that. If you know your Bibles, when, when Jesus comes back to this earth after for the millennial reign, the Bible says he's going to rule and reign from Israel, and he's going to be the king again, that the whole world is going to be governed by. How many know God's going to restore everything? So in the Old Testament, God was governing them. God was leading them. God would, would lead them by fire and by a, a pillar, a pillar of, a, cloud of, a, pe- a cloud and a fire by night. He would lead them, and he was their God. But what happens is, at some point, they said, we want a king. We want somebody to lead us. And God said, basically, that's not a good idea. You don't want a king. And they said, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And so finally, God said, give them a king then. He said this, let them have what they want. Today, church, a lot of the stuff that's going on in our world is because God is saying, Let me, go ahead and take what you want. Go ahead and have what you want. This is what you want? Go ahead and see what happens. And so back then in the Old Testament, they got a king. And for thousands of years, kings ruled nations. But the United States of America was founded as one nation under God. And that is why this nation is so blessed, because our country said we're going to be a country where God is going to be the king. You see that? It's one of the reasons our country is so blessed. But we're living in a day today where slowly but surely God's hand is being removed. And again, I'm trying not to preach too much of my message in two weeks. God's hand is being removed because of what we want. And you might say, well, we don't want that. Well, unfortunately, church, here's the bad news. The church of Jesus Christ is not the majority in this country anymore. The church has lost its power. The church has lost its influence. There used to be a day, and people will even point back to the 60s, and we talked about this in discipleship on Friday, when prayer was taken out of school. That's when some really bad things started happening. That's when, that's when lawlessness really began to abound. Because God, people say, isn't it funny when a shooting like, like last week happens, everybody blames God? Everybody's, it's God's fault. But God never gets the credit for anything. He just gets the blame for everything. And so we blame God for these things. And God is saying, I want to be your God, but you're not being obedient to me. And you're basically living the the life the way you want to live it. And so you're going to get what you get. So that's the day we're living in today. 
So our nation was founded on the word of God, on the, on the fear of God, and with God as the king. And we understand today that there was a sacrifice Jesus made. I want to look at uh, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. And this is, this is the ultimate sacrifice that we're celebrating. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement or the price or the cost of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Lord, I pray for the next few minutes that you would arrest the minds of your people that would be no distractions in here, that the Spirit of God would touch these people's lives. Lord, I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Gives us ears to hear. And Lord, decisions to be made this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? So this is a powerful verse in the Old Testament that shows us the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made. We can be patriotic, and we should be. If you live in this country, you should be thankful for this country. It's the country you live in. It's funny how everybody dogs this country, but people are climbing over walls to get here. This is a country that has been blessed by God. If you live in this country, you should love this country. You should be patriotic. However, you should not love this country more than you love God. I saw that balance in my papa. My papa was a man who understood patriotism. He loved his country, but he loved Jesus more than he loved anybody else. Why am I mentioning my papa so much? Because my papa was a living memorial of who Jesus is. I respect him and honor him to this day. He's been dead for 20 years, and he's still vital in my life. As a man that I could respect and honor and look up to, the way he carried himself on a daily basis. He did not preach, hey, listen to me. Hey, watch what I do. He just lived his life. He lived his life as a living memorial. And he showed me that, yes, you should be patriotic, and yes, you should love your country, but Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus is the most important sacrifice ever made. Amen. So we should be thankful for those that died, but we can't put the cart before the horse and be more thankful for those who have died for our country than the one who died for the world and our sins. The gospel right here in 1 Corinthians, if you want to look at this, is this is the gospel. This is very important. Chapter 15. What, what is the ultimate sacrifice? Sometimes we make it difficult. We make, we make witnessing or telling people about the Lord difficult. We, we, we try to complicate it and we say, hey, come to our church and do this and this. And have you been baptized? And have you done that? And have you done this? And, 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 and are you married? Are you not married? We, all these things. Those are cart before the horse. People need to know the gospel first. And the gospel is what Paul says here. I preach Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Amen? That's the gospel, that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. But this is where we're all at this morning on Memorial Day. He says, I delivered to you first. Now, how many remember that Paul, writing this, was Saul, who was a Christian killer? He was a murderer of Christians. So he had a conversion experience. Somebody had to be a living memorial for Paul. And guess who that living memorial was? Somebody shout out if you remember who that living memorial was for Saul. Stephen. We preached that a few few weeks ago when Stephen was the first martyr. And he stood there and took stones for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Saul holding the jackets and the garments of those who threw the stones and consented to his death. But it's not mentioned in the Bible, but I tell you, Saul was watching a living memorial. Stephen ends up dying. Stephen goes to heaven. Before he goes to heaven, he says words that Jesus said. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive these people as stones are coming at him, and he is dying a violent, horrible death. He forgives them. And as he sees this, this Saul does not get saved right away, but he gets saved later because he sees Stephen as a living memorial. Stephen didn't talk about it. He was about it. Stephen didn't have it on Instagram that he was a believer in Jesus Christ. He believed in Jesus Christ. 
Stephen didn't have it on his Facebook that I'm a follower of the Lord. And he didn't come to church on Sunday mornings and say, look, here I am. He preached the gospel and lived what he believed. He was a living memorial. Meaning he was already dying before he even died. And Saul, although we don't see it specifically in the Bible, saw something in that man Stephen. And even though he didn't make the decision that day, it meant something to him. It challenged him. It touched him in such a way where he said, let me, let me guard that right here. Let me put this back up in the back of my mind. And later on, Saul now is Paul, and he has a conversion experience, and he gets saved. And later on, we're going to hear something that was with Saul and another person that's a living memorial. And he says, I'm just giving you. How many want to be part of the reach, teach, send? How many want to make disciples this morning? See people saved. He says, I'm just giving to you what I was given. He said, and, and, and here's what it is. He didn't say water baptism or paying your tithes or taking communion or going to church. He said, those are all good. He said, Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. And then he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Somebody say to the person next to you, that's simple. Tell them, keep it simple. Church, that's the gospel. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. If you have some church theology in your head, and you have a bunch of things that you're thinking about all the time, and you're not thinking about Jesus dying on that cross for your sins, going to the grave and coming out of the grave, you got your theology in the wrong place. Because what it's, it's almost like today's Memorial Day, and if we're honest, what percentage of the people this weekend are actually thinking about the people who died for the country? You answer that question. That we don't stop for a moment and, and yet, you know what, for a lot of people, it's just another, it's a Monday day. How many are off on Monday? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hand if you're off tomorrow. It's just a holiday. It's just a day off for some people. W wouldn't it be a shame, church? And listen, I don't say this to be mean, but wouldn't it be a shame to go through this weekend and celebrate Memorial Day and not even think for a second of the men who gave their lives so that Memorial Day would exist? Wouldn't that be a shame? Well, how many people come to church every Sunday and don't even think about Jesus Christ? Is, could that be possible? Sure it could. How many people go through the motions and do religious things and know religious things, but don't really stop consistently and think about Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he paid on the cross for a people who would someday curse him and mock him and make fun of him, but he still did it. He still paid the price. Just like people today are mocking and burning the flag and not appreciating the freedom, those people still died. Because they died for the ones who would accept it. Ultimate sacrifice. I want to be a living memorial of what Jesus did. Listen to this. This is interesting. What is a memorial? What's the definition? It says something designed. How many of you in here know that you are a design this morning? If you don't, you're God's the masterpiece. That's a whole other message. We have been wonderfully and perfectly made. We are designed by God. It says something designed to preserve the memory of a person or an event. How many know this morning that we're here celebrating and remembering the memory of a person and an event which is the greatest person and the greatest event in the history of the world today? How many believe that this morning? The greatest person and the greatest event. So what do you do when a memorial happens? I haven't been to this Arlington Cemetery to see that, but I can imagine the emotion that you would feel going to that place and seeing miles of, of grave sites, knowing that all those men died for your freedom. But I have been to the memorial in Oklahoma City. And I have gone there and seen the things that are sitting there like chairs where the kids sat. There will eventually be a memorial in Uvalde, Texas. 
There, whenever something happens, there's a, a memorial. And sometimes we don't take those memorials serious. We think, oh, another memorial. There's a reason why they do it, because they don't want people to forget. Memorials can be bridges. They can be pieces of stone. They can, there's all kinds of, they can be a plaque. But it's something that is to remind us of something that happened. Sometimes it's something really good. Sometimes it's something really bad. But it's a memorial. It's a reminder of something that happened. And we need those reminders in our lives. And we need to be, church, this morning, a living memorial for Jesus. We need to be living our lives in a way that when people see us, they're reminded of Jesus. How many know that's a difficult task? But how many know we can do it? I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. You know, how many have got some people in your lives that you, that you think of today? I'm thinking of my papa. Think of people that you knew that served or people that you knew that have died and gone on to be with the Lord. How many have some people, I want to see your hands, that they're gone, but they impacted your life in a good way. Let me see your hands. There are things that happen that remind you of those people. I, I, every time that we come from our house in Bridgeport to go to Landon and Destiny's to get Briar, we go through Crum, and we come from 380 over there through Crum, and on the left-hand side is a cemetery where my cousin Dennis is buried. He's been, there, he's been dead for about two years. My cousin Dennis and I were very good friends. We were very close, and, and every time I drive by there, I think of him. I don't say, hey, honey, I'm thinking of Dennis. But I think of my cousin, and I can see his gravesite from the road, and I see the flowers. It's a reminder of who my cousin's, who he was. And it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind thing. If I don't drive down that street, maybe I don't think of my cousin as much. But that memorial is set there for me to remember. Church, how often are we reminding the people around us who Jesus is? How often are we living our lives in such a way that when they see our lives, they think, man, i got to get my life right. Man, i got to get back to living that kind of life. God forbid that they see our lives and say, oh, that's the reason I don't serve God. That's the reason I don't go to church. Hello? Is anybody home this morning? Y'all are starting to fall into the first service memorial, sit back and eat your barbecues phrase right now. That's tomorrow, amen? You're here, so might as well be here. Or just thinking, that's a good answer. Amen. Hello. What are they seeing? When they, when they see us, what are they reminded of? I think of my cousin. I think of, of, of me visiting. And actually, before that, when, I was, when, I, when we moved back here and we were at the old building on Fort Worth Drive, he was, a, he was a biker. He'd been in and out of his prison his whole life. He's Kendra that goes to our church here. It's her, it's her brother. Biker, rough, tough. And he gave his life to the Lord in jail and got out and served God. He battled with alcohol. He had all kinds of things he was battling with, but he gave his life to the Lord and was serving God. And he would come by my office a lot of times and he'd just sit there and he would just talk. And, and he would talk about it, what he's going through and he'd talk about his bikers, friends, and his Christian things he was doing. And, and I would just encourage him. And, 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 and one day when I was in, in, in Costa Rica as a missionary, I was visiting my aunt and uncle up on Rector Road. We got to the house and, and he said, hey, cuz. He said, I'll be right back. He talked real slow like that. And he left for a little while, and he was a welder. And he came back in a few minutes, about an hour later, and he gave me a plaque that I have on my desk to this day. I had it in Costa Rica, and I still have it. I have it for about 20 years. And it says, Pastor Blake, made out of steel. And he just went and cut it and welded it and put it all together. And it was a really good defense in Costa Rica. Let me tell you something. If I was to hit somebody with that thing, I could hurt him really bad. I always felt safe at my desk. But I remember that every time I see it, I think of my cousin. Every time I drive by that cemetery, I think of my cousin. And I think to myself, again, what does somebody see when they see me? Do they think of something good or do they think of something bad? Because, church, we are living memorials this morning. Amen? There's examples in the Bible, for example. In, in the Old Testament, there are things that were done, sometimes religiously, Sometimes habitually, but sometimes the things we do religiously and habitually can be good. How many know praying religiously and habitually is good? How many know reading the Bible religiously and habitually is good? 
How many know breathing is good? Amen? Habitually and religiously. Like constantly, all the time, right? Breathing, eating, things like that. There are things that we do that are really good. But you can get to a place where if you're doing those things out of the religious and the habitual and no relationship, then it just becomes religion and habit. Okay? So there is a good side to the habit, but it has to come from the right heart. And so I start to think about that, that uh, uh, the Old Testament examples, and I don't want you to read it for time, but you can look at it in, in Exodus 12, right, right, read it for homework, 21 to 28. Good job, teenagers. I like seeing them take them notes. Y'all need to pay attention to these teenagers up here. They're doing good. Taking notes. Amen. Read it later. But this is the story of the Passover. How many know how important the Passover is to us today? If you don't know what the Passover is, you need to get saved. For, for reals. Today. The Passover is the picture of Jesus in the future. The Pharaoh's, Moses is trying to take them out of slavery. Pharaoh's being hard. He's a picture of Satan. He's a picture of the adversary. And God is saying, let my people go through Moses. And and, 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 and their plagues are coming and all these things are coming. One day God says, I'm going to go through the land and I'm going to send the death angel. And when that death angel comes through the land, I'm going to look at doorposts. And whatever doorposts I see that have blood over them, I'm not going to kill that firstborn. How many know it was very important for those people to pay attention to the details of what God was saying to them? This is, this is something that, again, I'm not trying to get into this, this, this thing. It's, you'd hopefully you'll remember all these things in a couple of weeks. But I believe this is a problem with our country today, in the church especially, is we don't pay attention. We don't listen. The Bible's always saying, he who has ears to hear... Let him hear. You know, there may be certain days that we just show up, and it's good that we show up. But how many know it's better than showing up is to be present? Amen. Showing up is good, but being present is even better. That goes into your spouse. That goes into your kids. That goes into your job. I mean, you're going to get paid better and have a better relationship with your boss if you work while you're at work. You're going to have a better relationship with your spouse if you're present when you're there. I'm not sure which side to preach to, which one's giving me less resistance. This is really good preaching the Holy Spirit's doing, because it ain't me. This is, this is something we really need to stop and think about. This is where the rubber meets the road. There are things we do that sometimes we think, why do we do that? Do I got to go to church again? Do I got to give my tithes again? If you're coming for the wrong reason, stop coming. If you're not going to come here and be present, why be here? Why waste your time? Stay in bed. You're not doing me any favors. You're not doing God any favors. But why don't you be here, present, open, available, listening? Because guess what? Some of those Israelites didn't pay attention. And they didn't think that message on Memorial Day was very important. And the message came, and they said, put blood over the doorpost, or your firstborn son's going to die. And some of them were too busy thinking about the barbecue the next day. And they didn't go kill the lamb, and they didn't put the blood over the doorpost. And then the death angel came through, and screams came from the houses. Because church, when the death angel comes, he comes. When judgment and wrath comes to our country, it's going to come. And nothing's going to stop it. we got to pay attention. Amen. Do I have your attention? They put that blood on the doorpost. And they knew when that death angel come, came, he was going to see the blood. That's the blood of Jesus. And he was going to pass over that house. And now, even though the Jews missed Jesus, for thousands of years, they've been celebrating every single year the Passover. That's a memorial. They're going back and doing what they've done for thousands of years. 
And it means something to them. And they have passed it on to their kids. And their kids have passed it on to their grandkids. And it has been passed on and passed on and passed on. How many are following me? There's another one. I want you to really listen to this. There's another one in Joshua. And I do want you to look at this. Chapter 4. If, I told you this a few weeks ago. If you haven't read the book of Joshua, please go read the book of Joshua. Such a good book. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan. You might not know it this morning, but when you got saved, you crossed over the Jordan. You came from slavery and eternal death and damnation into life. If you were here in the first service, I'm going a lot of places in this service this, that I didn't go in the first one. Y'all must deserve it. Y'all must need something different. Better. It's better. It's always better. Because sometimes I forget things in the first service. Are y'all still here? I just, want us to, I just want us to try to connect this morning. The, the muscles in our mouths that are connected to our smiles to our Holy Spirit inside of us that reminds us that we're going to heaven. I just want us to act a little bit like we're saved. Like our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Like we're not going to go to hell and die eternally. I just want us to Come out of the Memorial Day rest and, and let our faces know, I'm happy. Are you happy? The, the problem maybe today with our generation, whatever generation it is, I don't know what letter it is. Whatever it is, is there's an entitlement. And that's not, it's not necessarily this generation's fault. But there's an entitlement, like something's owed to them. And a lot of times the reason people don't appreciate sacrifice is because they didn't make one. When you have had to sacrifice for something, when you have had to lose something, when you have had to put your life at risk for something, it makes you appreciate more the sacrifice that was made by God. Church, we're not going to save this world if we don't come alive and be a living memorial. We can't be a dead memorial. We need to be a living memorial. We need to be a preaching, the gospel, loving people, sharing the truth, gospel preaching people. Amen. Because Jesus is coming soon, and there's a world that's lost and not paying attention, and they're still on the other side of the Jordan, and we got to get them over. And they didn't even know what was going on. They, they, they said they crossed over, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, and he said, take for yourselves 12 men, just like Jesus did, from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, take for yourselves 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's stood for, feet stood firm, and watch this, leave this verse up, and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Listen closely to this. This is very important. You come to church a lot. You read your Bible a lot. You pray a lot, I hope. You, you pay your tithes and offerings, I hope. You do all these things you're supposed to do, and sometimes you don't even know why you're doing it, but you just keep doing it because God said to do it. Can I get an amen? Now let me teach you something right here. This is important. For anybody that wants to be a mature, overcoming Christian, you can learn the lesson after, like most people do, or you can become a mature, Holy Spirit, discerning, in-tune man or woman of God, and you can learn the lesson while you're in the, in the lesson. Did that just shoot over some people's heads? It's not that hard. You can either come out of it if you stay in it and look back and go, ah, ah. That's why. That's why we put the stupid stones on the floor. That's why he was telling us to pick them up. And we can do that. You can do that if you want. But it's better to be in tune with the Holy Spirit 
be in the presence of God, be in prayer, be in relationship, be thankful, and be picking up the stone and, oh, not oh, oh, and get the revelation in the middle of it and be ahead of everybody else. Because you are just going to do some things sometimes that don't make sense. And you're going to say, man, why do we have to go to church every week? And why do we have to do this? And why, are they, why was he always texting me and saying he missed me? And why are you always telling me this? And why is, he, why is he telling me to come to church even though you just got a little sniffle? And why is he telling me to do this and that? You know, if you'll get it now, if you'll get it now, you can help somebody else get over the Jordan faster. But there's a reason why we do things. And one day we will see, the Bible says we see through a dark glass dimly. We will see what all this means. But you just need to realize, God said pick up the rock, so I'm going to pick up the rock and carry it. God said put the rock over here, so I'm going to put the rock over here. God said leave it as a memorial, so I'm going to leave it as a memorial. If those people didn't do what they were supposed to do, then that thing wouldn't be sitting in the Jordan River right now. Thousands of years later, that memorial is still there, and we're still talking about it today because they did what they were supposed to do. Because they said, I'm going to be a living memorial and not wait till I'm dead to talk about me. How many want to do something for God while you're alive? Some people make more of an impact after they die, and that's great. But how about making an impact before you die, too? My friend Cito, my teammate in Costa Rica that died of a heart attack at 27 years old that I talk about all the time, he started to make an impact right near the end of his life. He didn't know he was going to die. He started preaching at halftime of his games, exhibition games. He started telling people about but only for a few months. But when I did his funeral... 500 people got saved. 500 people got saved at his funeral. But I'd rather be the one who for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, just keeps on. Some of you in here, you don't even know it, but you're a living memorial. You are doing the right thing over and over again. And let me tell you who's watching. Your kids are watching. Your neighbors are watching. Your coworkers are watching. Your haters are watching. People are watching your life, amen. They're looking for you. They're looking at you. And they're watching that living memorial. And they're going to see what's happening. And one of these days they're going to say, I want the Jesus that you have. It's too real. I've seen you go through the storm. I've seen you go through the fire. And you're still praising God. You're a living memorial. So they put these stones down, and for time I'm not going to read the rest, but they put those stones down. But I do want you to see verse 7, if you can put that one up. Push it over to 7. There you go. Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. Here you go. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. I don't want to make an impact today. I don't want to just make an impact for a few days or a few years. I want to make an eternal impact. I want to, make a, I want to do something that's going to affect generations down the road by the life that I live. And I don't want to be the person who goes to hell over my life. How many want people to go to heaven over your life? You know what the Bible calls that? A stumbling block. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I want to be the block that reminds them of how good God is. I want to live a life that people have to try to figure out a way to be mad at me. That people try to figure out a way to blame me for something. I want to live a life of integrity and character that when people see me, they see Jesus like Paul saw in Stephen. And even though he didn't admit it at that time, church, later on down the road, when Saul got saved, I promise you, when we get to heaven, I'll tell tell them to come tell you. There'll be plenty of time. Stephen is the reason I got saved. I was mad and hateful and didn't want to have nothing to do with God when when I was holding the cloaks of the people stoning him. But when I saw him take those stones and forgive people, God did something in me. And I couldn't admit it at that time because I wasn't trying to give up my sin, but I gave my life to Jesus and Saul wrote two-thirds of the Bible because he saw a living image of a memorial in, in Stephen's life. And listen, I want to tell you something important here. You can do a lot in a little bit of time. God can do it. God can. I told someone the other day, you're dynamite. You can, dynamite comes in small packages. 
You don't have to be big. You don't have to be uh, extravagant. You don't have to be talented. You just have to be willing. And God can use you to affect lives. Watch this. Proverbs 10, 7. The memory of the righteous is blessed. How many want to have a good, people have a good memory of you when you speak? When they say your name, come on, be with me on this. When they say your name, do you want them to hear, think good things or bad things? Now, as I close, here's, here's a great example in the Bible. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you might be here and you might think, man, I'm a nobody. What am I doing in the kingdom of God? Who am I? What am I doing? Some of the greatest people in the Bible were the least known. There's one man I can think of this morning in the Bible who was such a tremendous example of, of being a living memorial that a lot of people don't know who he is. And he's, his, his, his 15 minutes of fame was short and small, but very impactful. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, watch this, verse 4. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? Church, we need to say today, what is it, Lord? Not, what is it, honey? Not, what is it, friend? Lord, what is it? How many know we need to cancel out the voices around us and listen to the voice of God? He says, so he said to him, here's what the Lord said. Your prayers and your alms have become up, have come up, sorry, for a memorial before God. This man's name is Cornelius. And Cornelius is the one who has the vision that he's supposed to accept Saul into his house. To explain, he's the one that's supposed to open his house up to Osama bin Laden. Today in our world. How many, when you hear the voice of the Lord and he said, hey, Osama bin Laden's going to knock on your door today. I want you to open it up. How many of you might say, that wasn't you, Lord. Cornelius wasn't even saved yet, but he had a heart after God. And I don't know about you, but I want my prayers to go up to God as a memorial. I'm not here to please you. You shouldn't be here to please anybody else. I'm here to please God. I want to be right with God. I want my life to be a living memorial to God. I want you to have that desire too. Because if we're going to see a revival, that's what people need to see. They need to look at us in this church, and they need to see Jesus. And if they don't see Jesus, we need to say, Lord, what are they seeing? Lord, show me. We're going to take communion in a second, and this is the moment where you say, Lord, show me what's in my life that might cause someone to not see Jesus. Whatever it is, get it out of my life. Because I want to be a living memorial for you. Romans 12, watch this. Here's how we do it. How many, would, how many with honest hearts would like to be a living memorial this morning? That, that, that example Here's how you do it. He says, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. And then he says, in, in my terms, that's the very least you can do. That's the very least you can do is offer your life, Jesus says, like I offered mine. Die to yourself. Die to your anger. Die to your jealousy. Die to your frustration. Die to your unforgiveness. Die to your inadequacies. Die to your flesh. Die to your desires. I don't want to do it. I'm going to do it anyways. I don't feel like it. I'm going to do it anyways. Because it's the least I can do for Jesus. It's the least I can do for Jesus. I want to be a living memorial. If you'd bow your heads this morning and close your eyes. We're going to take communion here in just a moment. We're going to pray first. I want you to begin to prepare your hearts right now. I want you to begin to examine yourself right now. I want you to begin to, I don't, I don't want you to think about your spouse, what kind of memorial they are. 
or your kids, I want you to think about yourself. What kind of memorial are you? Because church, you're the only one that can answer that question. Honestly, nobody else can answer it. And we need to begin to say, Lord, would you show me anything and everything that is in my life that causes me not to be a living memorial that would glorify and honor your name. Let the Holy Spirit begin to come and knock. Church, if we'll listen to the Holy Spirit and we'll ask the Holy Spirit, he'll tell us. He'll show us. He'll reveal to us. He'll do it in a gentle way. He'll do it in a loving way. He'll say, that's not right. That's not, what, that's not bringing people to me. That's not helping. Change that. Change this. Or he might say, keep doing that. Keep doing this. Don't stop doing this. Don't stop. Whatever he says, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not to man. Not to family. Not to the world. Not to the news. To the Holy Spirit. How many in this place this morning, if you died right now, if you breathed your last breath right now, would not meet Jesus as Savior this morning. Would not stand before God as Lord. You're either going to stand before Him as a judge or you're going to stand before Him as your Savior. That's not God's choice, that's yours. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever, that means anybody, would believe on Him would not perish but would have ever lasting life. God who knew no sin, who was perfect, the Bible says, became sin for us so we could be the righteousness of God. I can't be the righteousness of God. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how many mistakes I've made. You don't know how many times I've failed. Yet you can't in your own power, but Jesus makes you righteous. Believe on him. Believe on him. How many this morning, by just lifting up your hand, can say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I don't want to leave this place without knowing that I'm saved. Just lift it up. Put it right back down. All across this place. I see your hand. How many more? That's me. Come on. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. My 27-year-old friend died of a heart attack on a basketball court. Just dropped dead. 27 years old. Tomorrow is not promised to anybody. This afternoon's not promised. Please don't play games with God. Please. Please get serious with the Lord. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. What do you think God was talking about, Jesus was talking about when he said, those are they're white, white stones, white gravestones. Means they're, they, were, they were alive, but they were already dead. You can be in church all your life and not be saved. Coming to church doesn't save you. Giving your life to Jesus saves you. Putting your faith in Jesus saves you. Believing that he's the ultimate sacrifice. And unless you believe on him, you're not saved. That If you don't put that blood over your doorpost, the, the death angel's coming. Maybe you're here and you're playing games. This isn't to embarrass you and no one will see your hand. I won't even have you come forward. But if you're here and you're, and you're playing games with God, get your heart right. Today, come to this altar and say, God, I'm sorry for playing games. I'm sorry for not taking things serious. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Cornelius feared God. This morning, I can tell you one of the, one of the reasons I've made it for God is because I, I, I fear God. Reverently, I fear him. I fear the Lord. As we stand this morning, if you're not ready to meet Jesus right now, I've done this before in the past. If you have not made a public confession of your faith, if you have not stood in front of a congregation and said, I'm not saved, I believe in Jesus, I, I confess that he's Lord, if you have not done that, today you need to do that. We don't do anything in here. That's, we try our very best to go straight from the Bible. 
We just quote the scriptures. Jesus said, if you will confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you deny me before men, if you're embarrassed of me before men, I'll be embarrassed of you before my Father. Church, the worst words words ever heard is going to be, I don't know him. Does that put fear in anybody? That should put fear in us. I don't know him. I don't know her. Depart from me, doer of iniquity. I don't want to hear those words. I want to hear, enter in, good and faithful servant. Not because I'm good, but because he's good. If you raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, and you need to be saved today, you need to be right with God. If today's the day that it's established for you to meet God, and you've never made a public confession, just find that nearest row. I'm standing here waiting for you. Just come. Just come. Just step out. You raised your hand. You didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to come. I can't do it for you. Come on. I got to believe every single person in here saved. Everybody's ready. All right. Now, Now we can move on. Remember, I I can't see your life. All I can do is be the messenger. We're going to open these altars. I want everyone to come to these altars. We're going to push to the front. You don't have to get super close to people, but you can still come. Let's all come to this altar. I'm going to get everybody today. Everybody come down. Come on, Carson. Even if you're in that front row, still come down. Everybody come. Come on down here. Find a place. We're going to sing a song, and I want you to begin to prepare your hearts. I want you to begin to prepare your spirits for communion. I want you to begin to say, Lord, what is keeping me from being a living memorial? Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.